Yo. Hey. Yo, so I'm gonna start this with something different, yeah? Okay. Is I'm it a poem? Front... It's a poem. <laughs> uh, I, have a, I have in front of me one liter of water with two and a half teaspoons of Himalayan salt and a bit of lemon. Okay. I'm gonna drink that right now. And then we have an hour before I have to go shit myself. Yeah, right. Awesome. Excellent. Halfway through. Oh, fuck, man. Maybe you can talk about your food poisoning until I'm done. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, I was I was as surprised as you were. It's I had I had no idea what it was. I have no idea what it was, but I just spent the Saturday Sunday nights turning in bed, feeling really nauseous, but just not nauseous enough to throw up and having a fever and just not having a good time. But then again, and the next day it's just you. The nausea just uh, continued throughout the entire Sunday, so I couldn't really do shit. Okay. But in a way, it was a nice, it was a nice uh, mandatory, mandatory rest today. Yeah, sometimes your body just needs to crash. Somewhere. Yeah. You done? Yeah, man. Uh, lemon really. You're serious help. about this? You're serious about this salt water flush thing? Yeah, like I ate, uh, I ate a shawarma. It's like a kebab, Arabic type yeah. of kebab thing. And uh, uh, so I just want to clean my system. I went to to jujitsu, like grappling class today. That was awesome. I like I'm I'm actually tapping people out now, and everyone's like, I got two compliments today about how strong my arms are. Uh, which makes me like very happy because like fuck you're you're not tapping me out man you're just not. <laughs> and I tapped a guy out today that was like thirty kilograms heavier than I am so I was like so happy about that. Great community. So you feel like it's working this flush thing? Uh, like uh, I feel like you you've done it a couple of times at least. I've I've done it I've done it once it didn't work I've done it again it worked uh, so I'm doing it now because you know fuck it I just it's been it's been a heavy week for me in general like I I don't drink as much as I I drank this week because I had a business trip um, we went to Castle to give out phones and um, <laughs> we had like fucking two hundred phones in front of us like uh, iPhones. That we had to give out. That was interesting. And like uh, German the entire time. So when you're explaining to people stuff in German, which is amazing for my my language skills, being exposed to that for two days, being in a nice hotel room, getting like being able to eat on the company's uh, tab. So like I ate, I, I, I ate like a monster, and then uh, we went out drinking with one of my coworker who was with me there, uh, with his German buddies, and like we drank a lot. And then we went back to the hotel, and it turned out that my coworker is actually a certified bartender, and he's been a bartender for 16 years, so he really knows what a good drink actually is. And it turned out as well that he worked at the hotel that we're staying at for like three years or four years. 
so he knew everyone there so they just kept on giving us drinks um so it was like i haven't been that drunk in a long time but it's nice to because i noticed when i was that drunk is is that you know it's nice to not have all of these limits that you usually impose on yourself with how you think or how you should act or how because like I'm, I'm i think i'm very genuine and very forthright or very open but like it's nice to to not see barriers and just fucking be and, and not care as much uh, i liked it um yesterday i went out with this uh, woman i think I don't, I don't know how old she is actually i think she's 33 34 i really don't know uh, and I didn't bother asking. I just thought she's she's attractive, very attractive, uh, very athletic, very flowy. You know, she has this like flowy character, and I saw it the second I saw her. Uh, I went to a gym class and at like seven in the morning, a high intensity interval training, forty five minutes, like you have your cardio. Showered with cold water and then left uh, to go to the office to make it on time at nine. And she was going in, and like I just asked her, "Oh, you're gonna do the class too?" She's like, "No, I'm gonna do cycling." But like when she answered immediately, you know, when you someone like talks to you and you just feel like, "Wow, this person is so zen, is so so calm and so flowy." Uh, so I like had that small talk with her, and then I left. Then I was like, "Fuck, why didn't I ask her out?" I I ran back and I saw her, and she was still at the counter, and I, I was like, "Yo, let's go out." Uh, I want to ask you out for a drink and she was like yeah sure it's it's and she was really happy that I came back she was like nice that you came back you know like I'm, I'm like seeing her be happy that I actually asked her out and like all the other ungrateful women I've asked in my life <laughs> was actually pretty nice and I saw her that was two weeks ago and I saw her this week um and she's wonderful man I really liked her I hope I might see her today again um nice and I told her like yesterday I was like uh yeah, when I talked to you, I felt like you were very calm and very flowy. And she's like, dude, I was just sleepy as fuck. <laughs> I was just, it was like 8.30 in the morning. I was like really sleepy. Uh, I just came out of a cold shower and a 40-minute heavy workout. So, of course, like I was like awake. Um, but yeah, like she wants, she's training for a marathon now. She just texted me. She's going on a 20-kilometer run. So I think you'd like her. <laughs> All right. For sure, for sure. But uh, I'm glad uh, for that first reaction because, yeah, meeting somebody, somebody new for such a short time only, and you never know where, where, where they come from. Maybe they're mm. tired, whatever. Mm. And sometimes that leads to people being <laughs> being uh, nasty or just uh, not, not warm at all. And then mm. on the other hand, sometimes it just comes off the exact opposite. And it's nice when that happens because it's, I guess it's a bit more rare than it should be, or could be. Yeah, right. It's, it's like why not be more? And it's understandable in a way, but still, it's a shame. I would say it stems from fear, so you just rather avoid rather than confront. I I would say, because mm. like like for me, it's easy being myself because I like I know. I know for a fact that not much can hurt me, but when and like I know if something goes wrong, I'll be able to handle it. Like I have that trust with myself, but I can see why a lot of people would rather withdraw rather than confront because they don't trust themselves enough and they don't know. They just would rather not be in a situation where they'd have to trust themselves to do something, which I think is sad. Honestly, like it's not uh, it's not a right way of being. If everyone was more open and forthright and honest and, and, and all of that, then everything would generally be better. But uh, 
I, I do believe that that time will come. You know, I don't think that we'll all like. I think we're growing into a more mature entity collectively, and I do look forward to seeing how more open everyone is going to become because we have to be. You know, that's what that's the byproduct of being so connected all the time. Um, but I don't know. Maybe you have other opinions on the matter. No, it's a it's a good thing to strive towards. Maybe I'm not completely as optimistic as you are <laughs> about us reaching this utopian world where everybody's okay with themselves. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's what it, I work towards. It's, it's, a nice, it's, a nice, it's a nice thing to work towards. Yeah. I mean, everything I write, <clears throat> everything about this podcast, everything about, you know, this, this, this is more of a journal rather than a podcast, I'd say. No. Um, yeah, I feel like it's taking that direction more and more. And with you emphasizing the fact that you don't really like the idea of sharing it anymore like like whereas before it was I, I feel like it was slightly different exactly like i had that idea yeah like i'm just gonna talk and you know people are gonna start listening and that's gonna be fucking awesome um but that's not right you know like i, I you look at people like jordan peterson or or uh, what's his name um Sadhguru, or like the millions mm-hmm. of other people like uh, ram das uh, alan watts they stand in front of people and they talk and they talk and, and they're reaching millions of people and they're sharing opinion and whatnot. But like, I don't see any utility in being that figure. You know, I can, you know, I can have 10,000 people listening to me right now. But what does that, I don't see that making me feel happier or better as a person, honestly. Like I was just, uh, when I was leaving the MMA uh, club today, um, my instructor, I think, like, like I stayed late because I just wanted to stretch and relax. It's a Sunday, I was in no rush. And his, I think, his wife or sister, I'm not sure, like, came in with a little kid, and she was most adorable, like maybe three, four years old, adorable little kid. And I, and when I was leaving, and I said bye to all of them, I was like, fuck you know, I really like being around kids and seeing kids grow and and like me guiding them somewhat makes me happy, you know. Like mm. I think like doing something like that once or twice a week, sorry, once every two weeks, something like that, teaching children English, whatever, I don't know. Um, that would make me happy. Like like when we went to that Finnish school and talked to those children, that also like was nice. Oh yeah, I forgot about that, but yeah, that was like <sighs> exactly that. And they were yeah. just old enough already at the yeah. school that. Yeah. You really feel this. Um, well, it's mutual. It's a mutual connection, mm-hmm. even more, and mutual conversation, more than it would be if it was a toddler. Like, sure, it's it's nice being there for a toddler, like an adult, to help help uh, help these help these kids out. Yeah, help like, them, help them. Oh, man, board, I, I saw yes, yesterday. Yesterday, I was in the train and I was going to meet a friend of mine before going on a date. And I saw this woman wearing a hijab. So, like from that instance, you you assume she's Arab, and then she has three three kid children around her and and two girls and one boy, maybe around six years old. Like all of them seemed around the same age. That that's why I was really curious, and. One of the girls had a, a strand of hair in front of her face. So the mom was like, and she said it in Arabic. She's like, get the hair out of your face. She was like angry. The fact that there's a kid that has hair, a, a tiny strand of hair in front of her face. And she's like giving yeah. this kid shit for it. Uh, so I thought, you know, let me let me talk to her. See, like if I can lift, lift them up. You know? <laughs> so, so, so I go to her and I'm like, hey, in Arabic, are these three kids yours? 
and like you know like me like i'm 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 really clean like my my hair is done i'm shaved i'm i'm dressed nice like i'm i look i don't look like a threatening character you know i look like just an, a, a genuine open at least that's what i think you know because that's how i think i am so i i look at her i'm like yeah are these three kids yours and she's like yeah no she she <laughs> like are these three kids yours and she just looks at me blank face doesn't say anything and I look at her and I'm like, uh, are these kids yours? She, she doesn't say anything. And I'm like, okay, that's one girl, two girls, uh, three girls. Uh, because in, in Arabic, you say the like boys, are these boys yours? You don't say, you don't say kids. Um, so I'm like, no, it's two girls and, and one boy. Are they yours? And she looks at me and she still doesn't say anything. Like just looking at me, man, like these just like open eyes. And like, I want to honestly, like it, it bothers me the fact that she's like this. Um, and then I, I'm like, yeah, hey, you speak Arabic, don't you? And she's like, yeah, but why are you talking to me? And I hmm. look at her like, um, <laughs> um, and she seems angry, no? Like, like not angry, more, more protective than angry, okay. you know, more like just fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I, I look at her, she's, she's like a bit chubby and, and like unhealthy, but you, you know, like, I don't know. Uh, I looked at her, I'm like, uh, you know, because why not, is what I answered. But like next time, I'll, I'd really like handle the situation differently. But uh, then, then the funny thing is, is that she left out, left the, the train stopped and she left the train. But then she came back in because it wasn't the stop that she had to get off. At. <laughs> so that was really awkward for her. But but like regardless, you know, the three kids that they were laughing and smiling beforehand. Now now they're they were like they got in tune with her bad energy. You know, they got in tune with something wrong is happening, and they all stopped laughing. And I, I kept smiling and I kept like being being happy because I'm not gonna let this dumb bitch bring me down. But um, like how sad, you know? Like you have three wonderful children, and honestly, like the reason I asked her is because they're they're one of the cutest children I've seen in my life. And and I was like, that's that's awesome. But to have that type of reaction and to know that, you know, this woman, I don't know how she was raised, I don't know what she believes, and she lives in a city like Berlin, as open and and chaotic as Berlin. Uh, and she's going to keep trying to control these kids their entire lives and, and to uh, take everything away from them that, that might be beneficial to them, for example, or might be a good experience for them. Like, it's just sad to know that, like, this is the karma that she has to go through. This is the karma that, that they have to go through. And this is the karma that I have to go through, seeing that this is something that, that it still exists in front of my eyes. And I just genuinely can't do anything about it because they're not my kids. So, but, like, that's that's the children not having the right people to go. Like, I, I really look at children and I see, like, this, this chaos in them. It doesn't need to be contained as much as people think that they need to. It needs to be contained, you know? Like, as a kid, I never I never showered, <laughs> honestly. I, don't, I, I didn't shower often. My hair was always a fucking mess. I, I didn't care to, like, uh, look good to school. I didn't care about all of these things because, like, fuck it, man. Like, I'm, I'm a kid. I'm not going to worry about this dumb shit. But uh, like now, now I'm not going to go to work without looking good. You know, I'm, I'm, I want to be presentable because my motivations are aligned with what the fuck's going on. But uh, as a kid with a strand of hair in front of her face, you can't give her that shit. You know, she has to. Um, I don't know. Man. It's, it's, it's sad that that's the case. But then yeah. it makes, makes me think about like karma and stuff and how like everyone needs to go through their own response to, to whatever happens and, and deal with it in their own way. 
and see how they react. Man, I really, I really feel the, the water in my belly. <laughs> it's it's insane. Like this, it's coming. You know. <laughs> Godspeed. 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 Yeah, well, right. It's it's unfortunate because you see this kind of stuff all the time in buses or streets or whatever. And ultimately, it's it's it doesn't strike me as very complicated. It's just the matter of the parents' own insecurities because yeah. they they think that if their kids have something for for the same reason as they might be upset about having having some hair on their own face or not not, not having something completely right with their own clothing, so then they transfer that to their kids because they are so over sensitive to what anyone else in the bus or metro might think about them if yeah, if everything yeah. is not in order so just this insecurity which is, it's it's a real shame when it transfers the kids in such a tyrannical way but yeah god uh, and it's it kind of pisses me off because when you mm. see these situations so often it almost feels like almost makes you think that damn like maybe maybe with all these parents acting so so foolishly mm. almost makes you makes you consider that maybe parenting is actually it's actually not easy at all which is not but still a big part of it to me feels that it's also it's not easy but it's also not that difficult mm. if you if you are just able to have even like a some degree of some degree of peace with your own self to begin with and the awareness in general i think yeah yeah but of course then when you when you like that and you're full of these own own insecurities and complexes then yeah, yeah, yeah. suddenly suddenly yeah, yeah. being peaceful some, with some, yourself some, and... something as simple and i guess instinctive in many ways like parenting becomes very very difficult mm. and at least that's my naive naive view <laughs> talk me in 15 years when I have my own kids and like, shout them. Yeah, but we, we talked about this. You, you were like, you don't care if you have children or not. Oh, God, yes, I did. But I've, I've come around lately, though, <laughs> over, the next, uh, over the past because year. I, I, I can imagine you being like in a forest with your kid by yourself and, and like cutting wood with him <laughs> or like like taking the skin off of a rabbit you hunted together you know yeah. and being like like son this is how you <laughs> this is how you skin it. you know this this part you don't eat but this part you know just do whatever you want with it it's fine you know get creative you stop so like your your voice is being roboty Roboty, roboty voice. Still. Um, can I call you again? Sure. All right. Uh, skinning a rabbit. Continue. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and then we're going to spend the night in the forest as well. Mm. And it's going to rain. And we're just going to sit outdoors without any tent, without anything, cross-legged. And I'm going to teach my child that it's, it's a beautiful rain. It's nothing to be upset about. It's just as beautiful as a sunny day might be. And to appreciate it as it is. To withstand the rain. Yeah. 
and by the time they are ten, they are gonna be completely quanimous <laughs> with the universe. Yeah, <laughs> that's my goal. They're gonna be so in sync with everything so early on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be so unfair to anyone else, you know. Yeah. Like third, third, third grade. <laughs> Doing one arm handstands, you know, in front of other kids. <laughs> you know, other kids are happy because they can tie their shoes, and Johannes's kids already have like an eight pack and, and like already have like a bear, bear quilt or whatever the fuck it's called. Like they skinned the bear and made a coat out of it. And they're, <laughs> they're sitting there in the rain outside, and everyone in school is like, What the fuck's wrong with this guy? And he's they're like, No one go near him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that the class, the class is gonna do a field trip to a candy factory or something, and all the kids are super excited, mm. and they get free candy on the trip and all that. And my my Johannes Junior, he's gonna be like, <laughs> please call him Johannes Junior. <laughs> no, it's gonna happen. It's, it's gonna happen. <laughs> please call him Johannes. But he's Jr. just gonna be, he's just gonna be like, no thanks, I'm doing a 16 day fast. <laughs> <laughs> but Johannes Junior, you're only six. <laughs> you need to grow. It's, it's fine. My spirit has grown enough. <laughs> but yeah, I I have <laughs> to bring it back. I have definitely <laughs> around on the whole having children issue. Not anytime soon, mind you, but um, yeah, 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 exactly. I've, I've come to I've come to recognize that as something very one of the yeah. one of the very fundamental parts of life. Yeah. Quite, likely. Seeing, Quite likely, uh, seeing another image of you grow that you somewhat that is you and you shape all of, all of that. It's it's insane. I think yeah. it's just absolutely insane. So much time goes into it, so much love and so much uh, bonding and unity, and it's this connection is essentially the universe. And getting to feel that connection so strongly firsthand, um, it's scary, it's terrifying, it's loving, it just it's meaning, man, essentially. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I'm happy that my my sisters have kids. Like I like, they, and they got the kids like so close. Um, so one is born in June, one in November. So they're like just four months, five months apart. Um, and like just the thought of it, you know, like I'm gonna have these homies, these bros. <laughs> chill with them. They're gonna be like, uh, they can look up to me. They can, I can help them out with whatever they need. I can guide them when they need the guidance, and I could chill with them, go out with them. They're they're my family, you know, and like I. Uh, I want to see them grow to be the best possible people possible, honestly. And then, like, eventually, uh, hopefully, like, when I do get children, then they get to spend time with my nephew and niece, you know, and that have already grown and already matured and already have that love for me that they can also transfer to them, to, to my children. And then, like, you have all of this this love and this compassion and growth and this force of, of nature, like this collective moving through this life <clears throat> sure like yeah. a proper extended family yeah, yeah. it's just family the way it used to be in the good old days mm -hmm. 
But like, mind you, like I'm gonna be sending my kit to to you. You're gonna send your kit to me. Like Jan's probably gonna do that too. Like, absolutely. I, I, I absolutely. Rotation. Have like a cult. Have <laughs> <laughs> uh, this cult go down. Yeah, you're gonna send your kid to the cold, cold, dark wilderness of Finland. Wherever you were gonna be at the point, at that point, yeah. And the and because like they're away from their dad, like the, he probably would have seen you once or twice beforehand, you know. So he knows you. But then, like I know your nature, like you're very calm and very like uh, whatever goes goes. Uh, so it's fine. Like even if the kid is uncomfortable, just being around you is gonna make him somehow comfortable. I think. Oh, that's uh, uh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, even like you'll you'll know when to give space. You'll know like when you'll always you'll always be open for someone to come and talk to you. Well, I think like you might just be like like maybe you, you would find it a bit weird to go up to someone and, and talk to them. Uh, and like no, actually you do that great too. Um, so like I have no fear in sending like but like I see uh, like my sister for example like I was joking with her on the phone. I'm like yo like one place is. Uh, six or seven years old, whatever, like, when he's, like, old enough to, to talk and walk, then just send him over to me for, like, a few weeks so we can show together. And, like, I saw in that second, like, she she was, like, scared, you know, like, how can I, like, for her, it's the baby in front of her. Yeah. How, how am I going to, like, let my baby just go somewhere without me? Um, I don't know, like, I might feel that type of urge to keep my, my baby close or my kid close, but I think it's so necessary to let them have distance away from you and i think that makes the distance that's closer to you a lot more valuable too oh absolutely yeah man imagine sending my kid to you for like three months and then seeing him come back after three months like a fucking totally different person but like still my my kid is still super cool but then like i'm changed i've changed he's changed and like let's chill some more mm. so interesting i hope i got to experience that honestly yeah um it's i don't think there there can be anything like it yeah, exactly. So yeah, and I don't think it's gonna be anytime soon for you <laughs> either. But uh, yeah. eventually, when we are when we are ready, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a beautiful thing, and we're gonna do a kick-ass job of it. I think. I hope so. So I think I think we'd uh, make up for all these bad parents out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, it's just sad That's because part like, of the dream. So part of the dream. Like this woman I saw yesterday, I just felt like she's still a child who's just confused. She has other children to take care of too. And that's the sad thing about it. Mm, yeah. So tell me, uh, <laughs> it was last weekend you had this job trip, work trip. It was uh, this. It was this. This Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay. Two days ago, came out. How did you feel when you were drinking out? Pretty okay, man. What do you mean? No, actually, because it was. The week before, the week before, when I just uh, I was chilling at home on Friday, and I had a couple of scotches. Okay. And I don't I don't drink much these days either. Uh, but yeah. um, and it was nice, absolutely. Spent a spent a chill last night. But the following day, I definitely I definitely noticed it yeah. in my in my overall mood. Nothing nothing major, nothing major. But it was just the world was definitely more more bleak. Yeah, less less joyful. And it was 
But like, it's more joyful when you drank, you know, it's more colorful when you drank yeah, sure, as, sure, as sure. you're drinking. Um, so, I don't know, like, I, I got into listening to this guy, I forgot his name, a very old dude. And he, he was talking about how, you know, when, when you meditate and when, when you do yoga, all you're really doing is giving yourself more energy to do more mischief. Mm. <laughs> I, I thought that was so true because, you know, like, I can drink, like, like seeing how I take care of myself or how I meditate and how I, like, um, um, like my body can take its alcohol well, you know, I can drink a lot, I don't necessarily need to puke, I, we're at an age where our bodies can handle mm -hmm. this also really well, and also, like, even if I do drink a lot, like, there's a part of me that's, like, still always with it, you know, always aware of what's happening, like, knowing what's going on, I never, like, just completely lose myself. And it's 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 just really right, you know. You you do all of these things that give you more energy, just so you can use that energy, not to, not to like heal or anything like that. But no, just to, so you can just do more shit that, that that's that's shit, you know, or like yeah. enjoyable or dopamine um, type of stuff. Yeah, and I'm definitely on the same page there, and it's something I appreciate from time to time. But it, it felt it did feel weird to be so distinctly aware of this uh, contrast really okay, okay. this change the following day because it feels like it hasn't been it hasn't been as obvious before but now it just felt so so clear making the connection in uh, in how you feel when you when you have the strong contrast of living a more <laughs> i guess rest, restrained lifestyle more clean lifestyle for a couple of weeks yeah, because maybe maybe in general you're cleaner than I am. I consider myself very clean, but uh, I don't keto, for example. I've been eating like uh, sugar, like regularly, but like in small amounts uh, throughout the day. Um, utilizing cookies, like I like last talk we had. <laughs> I do love that phrase, utilizing cookies. <laughs> yeah, so, tactical. So and, uh, whatever works for you. But like, yeah, yeah, this is not such a, that such a crazy topic. I, I drank a lot, but uh, so I, I showered before I slept, and when I woke up, I showered. We had like we ha had seven hours to sleep. Before. We had to wake up at like seven in the morning, and six in the morning to to go to give out the phone. So, uh, yeah, definitely, I was I was a bit more tired, but because I don't know, because I was traveling and stuff like that. You you're not you don't have that same awareness relative to mm, when you're yeah. I don't know following a certain routine that's maybe because I don't know what routine you're following right now actually in general is that a question that is that is a question yes okay well it's a uh, for the most part it's uh, just a sec nothing wild I wake up early Work out at the gym most days, most mornings actually. And uh, the weekdays there's work, on the weekends there's writing <laughs> slash coding. Mm. Uh, it's a, it's a very it's a very simple but effective routine. How's the coding yeah. going? Oh, it's nice. I actually I'm just wrapping up this my first web app in Python. Okay. So it's a, it's a simple simple blog application where you can make a user and post stuff and follow people and send the messages. These very basic, just to learn the, just to learn the basic, basic 
thrift of web development with Python. And then mm -hmm. this framework called Flask, which I've been using, and I'm just wrapping that up. So it's nice. It's getting more and more, well, I don't want to say intuitive at this point, but it's getting there slowly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm almost done with that project. So then it's about choosing next, something else, something next, something maybe a little bigger. I'm thinking maybe something on, on the AWS, developing something on top of that. Uh, you need okay. to explain these things, man. I don't get what you're saying. Yeah, it's the Amazon Cloud Services. Okay. So these uh they because they are they these cloud cloud providers they these days they provide such such powerful services just uh, ready made for you. Yeah. And then through the different interfaces, APIs, application programming interfaces, you can just build on top of them and use these powerful services for like machine learning, translations, you name it, in your own application with just quite quite reasonable skill. So getting getting deeper into that, I think it's something I'm gonna wanna wanna look at. It's nice. Next. So the, the tool set that you have in front of you is just so Yeah, yeah awesome. it's, and it's so only lately it's becoming so it's becoming so accessible. That's the thing. Mm. So it is very potent. It is very potent. Um, but yeah, tell, tell me more about your writing, man. What, I haven't read any of your essays in, in forever. To mm, be sure. So I'm just trusting that you're actually doing your essays <laughs> every two weeks. Uh, of course, I would. I would never deceive. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess up until now since the start of the year there's been there's been a i'll admit there's been a bit of a struggle there because well the bar has just been too too high okay. I, i've kept the, I've, I've been keeping the bar too high for myself and mm -hmm. as a result the every time the experience while writing has been this this uh kind of this never-ending never-ending project okay. where i keep writing for for days on end and hours on hours every day, and still every time I somehow manage to finish an essay, it's just no nowhere near complete. You never it's, feel like you got to the point that you need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, and that's like that. It's quite. I don't know what else I could expect. No, okay, instead of can can you talk about the process that you move through when you want to write an essay in general? Sure, sure. Uh, it's it's quite simple. I pick a pick a topic, just a random topic. So here you have the problem of free will, the plastic age, part one, even <laughs> yeah. the history and future of world federalism. I don't yeah. I, like. I, I I still don't understand what federalism properly is yeah. after reading that one. SDGs, romanticism, and visual arts. I I'm excited to read that one. Yeah, that one is actually quite nice. Yeah, I'm quite happy with that. I think so. And as it like, coincidentally, that one is also one of the few ones that isn't a ridiculously broad topic. So then, okay. Consequently, it's it's a lot more fun to write because you feel like you actually get a. Com what was the word? You arrive somewhere. So you pick a random topic with what yeah. type of something? Goal in mind? Something that happens to interest. Okay. 
and I do keep a list. Like when I come up with something, ran into something, read about something, I write it down as a potential topic. Other so notes? Hmm? On other notes or where? To do list actually. Okay. Um, to doist. Yeah. And uh, yeah, every time it's time to start again, I pick one. I do the outline, like looking at some initial initial sources and figuring out these rough rough subheadings, subsections that I wanna write about or talk about to some degree. Maybe maybe write down some initial phrases or choices of words that come up, names of names for the subsections. Mm. Quite quite simple things. And usually the first week is quite light on the work. I should <laughs> I should spread it more. In other words, make the outlines more complete, more more fleshed out. Okay. Take off some of the workload from the second week. But right now, <laughs> that's not what I've been doing. So then on the second week, then I just uh, fill, fill that in until it's about 2,000 words. Uh, that's the process. You fill it in. Yeah, yeah. Expand. But the problem has been really the fact that like for 2000 words, this two week period is quite nice. It's reasonable. It's a reasonable amount of time. But for these topics, 2000 words isn't enough at all. Okay. <laughs> so okay. the end result is that you don't really feel this. So you don't, what, you don't what about, it, it what about feel rewarding. When, when you feel that, why not push it to 3000 words and give yourself another week or 4000 words and give yourself another week? That is like an what, option. So what's, an option what, 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 was your, what's, what was your intention when you decided every two weeks I want to do 2000 uh, word essays? My intention was... For the next six and, months. Because yeah. that was what you decided for the six entire months you wanted to write an essay every two weeks, 2000 words. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for, thanks for giving the context. Yeah, we might be listening. Exactly. It's important. Is there anyone out there? Is there anyone out there in this uh, midnight? So yeah, that is an excellent, excellent question, Khalid. Um, so then the intention there is the fact that I want this these cycles to be short, and I still definitely think that two weeks is a good amount of time, maybe three, but the fact that I get to start the whole writing process from the start. From the from the framing of the topic to the to the fleshing out to the um, fleshing it in, fleshing it in and expanding on the expanding on the sections, mm. getting to do that all over again every like two or three weeks, I think it's a very beneficial thing for the learning curve, as opposed to just having one big project, let's say one once per month or one one for six months as as for you. Um, that doesn't what, seem as what's what's us for me? Yeah, like for your book, book writing, for example. Uh, no, no, my goal isn't to get it done in six months, man. Okay, so it's even longer. Like I'm putting a good three, four year amount until till this book is done. You know? Yeah, right, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, but exactly, that's my point. Like, and that I'm sure that's that works for you, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but so. to me, it feels much more, much more rewarding. To do these shorter, shorter cycles, and that, that's why that's why the decision. Yeah, I, I guess it puts you through a lot of different mental states very quickly, where you have to start and finish a complete thought, 
yeah. and move on and be able to move on to the next. So like I've I've faced this issue with the book that I've written. It still feels incomplete, and a lot of what I'm writing weekly right now is going into. Sometimes I so this is my issue with how I'm writing. So I'm writing three thousand words every week. Sometimes on average, I think I'm throwing five hundred lalas in every every week, uh, which I'm fine with. But um, I don't know. Sometimes I sometimes I feel like I'm writing things about understanding intelligence. Sometimes I feel like I'm writing things about how the smoke dances. Uh, and it's all thrown into the same documents that are thrown into Google Drive that you have access to. And uh, that that somehow, okay, it's bringing perspective into what I'm writing, but like there is no proper flow into one chapter into the next or the next. It's just tidbits from all over that are happening of what I find interesting or conversation pieces or observations or things like that that the main character Alan Knight might be going through and you know it's it's just uh, for me right now I feel like a part of me really wants to be done with understanding intelligence and then just do how I how, how the smoke dances properly but seeing as a lot of what this book is based about it's based on my experiences here in Berlin the things that happen around me it's very hard not to write about that too because I, like it's happening and it's recent and it's relevant so I write about it and uh, sometimes I get inspiration from different because I don't know man I just I, I'd like to have the attention that I had when I wrote understanding intelligence the last two months of, of, of writing that was like super hyper intense focus put into one thing seeing it come together slowly and then be published that that was a nice feeling Mm. Um, but like with how how the smoke dances, like I'm, I'm like essentially this book for me at least is how a character who more or less thinks on a higher level than I would even think because the character because writing gives you the time to refine thought a yeah. lot more. So so this it's a higher level of thinking than even my thinking, but it's it's based off of mine obviously because I'm the fucking person writing it and. Um, it's a lot of like these weird observations like for example um i like essentially the the main character alan he's been taking care of his grandfather who had lung cancer for the past four years and the guy is 23 and he hasn't been to, to a proper college because he was just in a house taking care of his grandfather as his parents you know did what they did parents very average people and he comes from a very small town he doesn't know shit. He just has access to the internet and he knows there is a bigger world out there. But then the day he rides the bus is the same day his grandfather died. So his grandfather died that morning. He packed his things and he left. He didn't even bother waiting to go to the funeral. And so like Elaine asks him like, yo, um, like, why didn't you stay for the funeral? He's like, I spent, uh, I, I spent, like, I saw him die in front of me and I saw him alive. There's no point in me seeing him die, you know, now it's my time to be alive. So so I think that that's a very, like some people might think that, that that's a very incompassionate view. So, like it's it's not compassionate, it's, it might be too cold. But you'll very quickly see from this character is that he's very, very, very warm, but also very, very rational about these, these things that, that, are, that are happening in life in a way that a lot of people don't detach from too quickly or too attached to them. So I want to get that idea down very quickly, 
But essentially, the book is is how the smoke dances. Essentially, to me, I think all of this world is more or less smoke, and it knows how to dance in a certain way, and it's just representations that represent themselves at different levels. And this character sees that and slowly is, is realizing it more and more, being aware more and more of what he's doing and how he's doing and the things around him and observing a lot and listening and, and uh, acting the way he thinks he should best act. Uh, I think like the essential lesson he gets out of the entire book is uh, how sure he's been moving uh, like very powerfully, let's say, into this new city and, and every like within two years he becomes a complete beast and almost everything. But is that all the times that he did act, there were some times that was just would have been a lot better if he didn't act, you know, and he just didn't interact and he allowed things to, to run them course run their course a little bit more. But it's this ego trip that this guy is going through until his ego absolutely and completely dies. That's what this essentially essential story is. Um, you have an ideal of the thing that you want to achieve. You achieve that ideal absolutely and completely, but not in the way you expect it, because the story is still being written. And as I'm writing it, things are unfolding in front of me too. You know, it's not things that I. It's not as if I know exactly how or what is going to happen. I have characters in my life or things that happen that I base these things on. Sure. Uh, but they, the way they fit and the way they flow together is just differently. It's more compact. It's more together in a way that other people can can absorb. And I'm I'm excited, man. I'm really I really feel like this needs to happen as a as a story, as a narrative. And the more I think about what this narrative represents to me and how I think it reflects on what the universe is, uh, the more I see it's necessary to exist because. Even if people started thinking two percent as 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 much as Alan Knight thinks, then they're thinking like ten percent as much as I think. Like, and then like ten percent of me exists in all of these people. Um, and wh- how would that move the direction of of the world? You know, I, I like that idea. Like essentially, influencing thought in that way. This is why I don't really care if anyone listens to the podcast now. Because the podcast right now, I'm having this conversation with you, and it's gonna stay for for more or less forever, and I can go back to it whenever. But essentially, when I do publish this book, if or not it, it becomes viral and, and people start reading it, or maybe the next book becomes viral and then people start noticing the first one, whatever the fucking story, I have I have five books in me that need to come out, regardless of whether or not they become famous. Not not that I wouldn't do what I need to do to, to get them into people's hands. But once I get to the stage where I'm a successful author, I'm a successful businessman, I'm a successful writer. Uh, sorry, I said author, successful fighter is what I wanted to say. Um, uh, representing the ideal fully and, and my ego is somewhat at that point. Just uh, like me as a character, solid, but also very fluid and dynamic. At that point, it's, then it would make sense for the podcast to be famous because then people would be like, would see the progress if they were willing to actually listen to uh, to so many episodes of me talking. Um, you see the transformation of a guy who slept on a floor and who was so insecure about so many things, who always just was trying to be aware, trying to understand, trying to think, trying to observe and trying to all of these, how he did all of that to get to those those things to represent the ideal and then you can actually go through the journey of seeing the ideal grow in reality 
and also through the work that I created, which is a type of meta reality, essentially. So that's more or less, I, I don't think I've explained this on the podcast properly before, or this could um, essentially my idea behind it. I, there's no value for me in people listening to this. There's value for me in me actually doing it. And then there's value for me in writing. There's value for me in, in me doing these things, not in other people seeing them, you know, at least at this stage right now. And eventually as, as I grow and as I become more established and as I can start influencing more things and, and putting resources in places and putting the right people to control these resources and do something about it, then I can start driving change on so many different levels and levels that are very interesting for me because I'm, I'd, I'd like to think that I'm multidimensional in that case where I want to influence the world from so many different angles, not just like one angle. And I, I did a Google search the other day of entrepreneurs, like rich businessmen who actually wrote novels, like fantasy novels and whatnot that were very successful. And I couldn't find someone, you know, someone that I can live up to in that sense. You have writers that write 20 books, you have writers that write 250 books, you know, like Stephen King, I don't know how many books this guy wrote. I don't want to write 200 books. I don't think I'll write 20 books, but I like if I write five good books in my life that I'm proud of, I'm happy. If I have my podcast documenting my journey from my perspective every week for the next seven years, or maybe continue it even after that, I'm happy. If I keep fighting, I'm happy. If I get to influence Jordanian politics at some point and change a system internally like that, then I'm happy. If I get to grow in a business and see the business operate well and be very financial, financially liquid and, and good and be able to survive on that and, and have a lot of money, then I'm happy about that too. Like I, I want to have so many different streams of being in my life and still expand those to it. I don't know what different streams are gonna come in my life too but i think the fact that i've structured myself like this as a character this early on like i'm 23 i'm happy about where i am right now i have a good job i have good habits like i'm following a somewhat static process with going to work exercising uh, with fighting reading doing the podcast it's very static things but these same static things every time you do them they're very different every time i go and fight it's a completely different fight and i'm doing these static habits that will keep going and as they progress i will immensely change like even though the process is somewhat static the outcome of the process will always always be compoundly something completely different and essentially this is the idea that i want to represent in the book that 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 type of progress compound growth that a character can go through and grow like in two years be in a completely different place and be a completely different machine that that thing is is possible and there's so much potential and, and and so much room for growth in the future but the fact is is that at any moment anything can happen and i can die at any moment and any future that i think i might have or every any future that i think i might share with you or with my sisters or with my family or their kids or whatever all of this can be wiped out in a blink of an eye in a fucking second and that's the reality we live in that's the truth as much as there is light it just needs one second for it to turn into darkness and everything be nothing again and i'm really okay with that i'm really okay with being 
the possibility of becoming so so fucking much because I, I'm working towards that and the fact that I can just not be or to lose all of it at any second that would just be what my karma needs to go through that would just be what my narrative needs to go through the story that I need to digest and accept and, and live with uh, either live with or die with and be okay with that regardless and to just be the being that I am as I am right now and move I think that's what I want my work to translate to people, man. That's what I want my work to, like, a story that after you read it, you don't necessarily know how to articulate what I just said right now. Maybe, maybe, yeah, because the characters, like, you're seeing the book through the main character's perspective and he thinks to himself a lot and you get to see his thoughts and a lot of his dialogue can be about this. And essentially, I can go through my podcast and pull out a lot of tidbits that I think are interesting and throw them in the book. Like, I'm going to milk my life into the things that I write. That's definitely the case. Um, if I can give that to people, being able to read a story, a narrative, and then being able to see that they can manifest their potential, but also be okay with losing that potential any second, I think that's the greatest gift that I can I can essentially give with my being, aside from a lot of other things that I can do. But that's essentially the core of it, you know? <clears throat> Still, I just want to be a good dad, essentially. <laughs> that's like the prime objective. Okay. Yeah, that's that. Let's see how it plays out. Let's see how it plays out, man. That's what's interesting. Okay, that's what keeps it fun. Seeing how the story might... Because, uh... like, to me, even even writing this book, I know how it begins now because I wrote it. The guy starts going somewhere. That's how it starts. It starts with him going to a place that he's not only been to, like, once in his life. Maybe, you know, these things I can still change. You know, I can I create this world and I shape it, which is a big responsibility and such a burden at the same time. It's so interesting and... It's a weird thing to write. Um, writers generally now that I'm when I read complicated work, I'm like, I, I wonder what this person went through in their daily life just trying to write this thing down. Um, so I know how it's going to begin. This guy's on a bus, he's going to somewhere, and it starts, and he's moving. And I know how it ends. I know how the book's going to end. And that's almost like, and I know certain processes that the guy is going to go through as things... Uh, manifest themselves or as things unfold but no matter what happens in the middle of the book he will always 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 end up exactly where i plan for him to end up in one way or another it's going to be a representation of it because it's going to be displayed through the narrative through words that that describe how he's feeling where he is what's happening and what the what you as a reader might be perceiving or thinking about as this is happening, like what you expect might happen or might not happen. He will always be at that point, you know? Even before the book starts, he's at that point. And the idea is that seeing how the universe moves the way it moves, seeing as I, where I am right now, it feels like me as a person, just by being born the way that I was born, I will end up in that place even if I don't know what that place is, I'm going to end up there no matter what, because that's that's the character I am. And if I don't end up there and the story ends up being cut too short, then that's the story. 
and I'm, I'm okay with that. But like right now, I just genuinely feel like I am exactly where I am because of who I am. And it makes sense to be where I am. And it's a nice feeling to have that trust with yourself and, and the universe. Not that I feel it fully because we still always have doubt and we're humans and we're weak and all of that. But I think that's the meta reality that, that we're, we're in. Potential manifesting itself but maybe not, you know, and then there's other avenues of potential that can also be explored because it's just a lot of potential. And seeing that potential crash, that's the reality. Yeah, man, right? I hope I, like, I, I'm going to get this thing written. It's going to happen. Like, if anything, if I don't die, these these things are going to be written. It's, they just have to. Certainly. We're still young. You should have time. Yeah, I hope so. I would I would bet on it. Yeah. Let's hope so. Yeah. There's no rush. I'm where I am right now and I I have to get the German passport in two years. I have to work at this company for two years, try and do a good job, get good money get good connections, stay, keep fighting, keep staying fit, travel, experience, do stuff, absorb more so that I can write more. And when the book's released, it's released. When the book's done, then it's done. And I think it's done. Anything on your mind for the rest of the Sunday afternoon? For today? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'm definitely going to go to the bathroom in the next 10 minutes. I feel mm -hmm. that happening. Um, the girl I saw yesterday, Constance, she might be coming over or me going, I don't know, we might, we might meet tonight. I want to make a nice dinner. I want to meditate. I want to do Wim Hof breathing. I want to, I want to read a lot. Uh, you know, these types of things. Maybe like maybe write a bit, but uh, depends on how I feel. Nice and chill. Yeah, it's a Sunday, man. Get ready for work tomorrow. I like my boss was on a vacation the past two weeks, so he's gonna come back and he's gonna want a summary of everything that happened the last two weeks. So I'll yeah. prepare that. Uh, yeah. Okay. All this seems like a good way, good place to end it for this week. Yeah, yeah I would have liked to hear what you're planning, but uh, honestly, I fuck it. Let's just end it. <laughs> Till the next time. Yeah, man. Take care. Ciao. Bye-bye.